0: I want to read some verses today that I just want to say in 2022, these may be, as we share the times that we live, maybe some of the most important words that we could read. And I'll tell you why a little later in the message. But I want us to just kind of read through this, and I'm going to enunciate some specific words that I think are important. I want to declare to you this word is more than written. This word, it's more than just something we read. This word speaks to the heart of humanity. So while we read it today, I want you to let the Spirit of God speak these words into your spirit. And let's not just read a text. Let's read the Word of God and let it breathe, if you will, into us. This next few verses, let's say at least the first four verses, is about the position of the believer. How many of you here are washed in the blood and you're a believer in the King? I trust that every one of us are. So many online, I trust you are. If not, here's some great words. These are not suggestions. This is the Spirit of God speaking through Paul the Apostle. He writes to the church of Colossae, the position of the believer, And he speaks to them. So let me, if I could, speak like Paul to us this morning. If then you were raised with Christ Jesus. How many of you have been raised in Christ Jesus? We said we're saved, right? If you were raised with Christ Jesus, then you seek those things which are above. That means spirit things. That means heavenly things. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And set your what? Set your what? Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, last day instructions, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Do not let this world distract what you've always believed. Do not let philosophical things and false teachers that are brilliant and can can be great orators, do not let them turn you from the Word of God. Amen. For watch this, if you were then raised, verse 1, with Christ, seek those things above. Set your mind not on earth, things above. Verse 3, for you died. How many of you are Christians? Let me see your hand. Turn to someone with a hand up and say, that means you're dead. <laughs> Let's make sure we understand. It doesn't mean we're physically dead, but we're supposed to be dead to the ways of the world and sin. Amen? This isn't a, this isn't, when when we get to, to know the Lord, we don't get options. We get either with the Christ or against him. No man can serve two masters, it's very clear. Christ said that. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then go to your neighbor again and say, you will appear with him in glory. Do you realize if you're truly born again, when the Christ comes, you're going to appear with him in glory? Amen. Did you ever just sit and think about what that might be like sometime? We just... When he comes, you will appear with him in his glory. I think we should sometimes just say, Selah. That's what the the psalmist wrote. Just think about that. Just, Bill says all the time, think about it. Well, you ought to think about it. (laughs) Think about it. We're going to appear with him in glory. Then... Because of that, that's our position. Watch verse 5. Therefore, because of those that we just said, you put to death your members which are on the earth. This is all kind of temptation, fornication, uncleanness, passion. It's talking about earthly, worldly passions, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Can I just stop and say if This is saying if you genuinely know God and you're genuinely twice born, your life's going to change in every way. You don't add Christ and Christianity to your life and go on the same way you started. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, all things become new. That's the scripture, isn't it? Put all those, put to death all those things. Because, verse 6, of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you also once walked when you lived in them. But now you must also put off these things. Put off these things. Anger. Everybody look at me. I could wait long enough, you might get angry with me. I just... (laughs) Put off anger, Pastor Brooks, when somebody jerks in front of you on the interstate going down. Oh, Jesus, did my subconscious betray me? Would you dare turn to somebody and say, put off anger? Just, just easy like. what are you mad about? Wrath. Malice. Blasphemy. Saying the things of this world, acting, looking like the world. Filthy language out of your mouth. I want to tell you something. If you're genuinely saved, God cleans your life up, including your tongue. Well, that's just the way it is. No, it's not. We're new creatures again. I, I, I want to tell you, I think God paid a high price for salvation and when it changes us I think God says I mean it and maybe we still love me we got we the, the, not my words do not lie to one another since you put off the old man with his deeds and you've put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him what a verse of scripture Let's go down to verse 12. Therefore, again, we've put off some things. Now we're going to put it on. I want you to turn and say to somebody this. you got to put it on. We're not talking about faking it. Let me tell you what this means. This means every morning you consciously get up. And let me tell you, I just laid to rest another cousin last Thursday down south on the, almost the Red River. And in true honesty... Sometimes after people decease, we say things that are sometimes not recognizable. But I've known this lady since I was in high, right after high school. She married my cousin, among the kindest people I have ever known in my life. No matter what's going on, no matter what kind of issues, she was always a pleasant-up person. I just want to tell you something. The only way you'll be kind is because you do that on purpose. What it means is when he says, put this on, you ought to get up in the morning like you're literally dressing. You put your your trousers on or shoes on, you should put on these things. Put them on. Tender mercies. Kindness. Listen, let me just say something. Nobody's kind and tender with tender mercies by accident. It's on purpose. Humility. How many even you know how quickly the flesh comes back? Meekness, long suffering, forbearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also. We ought to just bow our heads and get to the altar. but above all these things put on love you know why? because love watch what it says it's the bond of perfection and here's the word you again you let the peace of God umpire, rule, reign in your heart to which you're also called into one body and be thankful lest the word of Christ let the word of Christ d- dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, that should be the position of every believer. Amen. Then there would be, a, I believe, a great hunger to be a genuine Christian. It's early in, in 2022, enough that it's only the third Sunday And I want to just, again, have a talk with us. And this is not an attaboy and just keep trucking and keep your chin up and all that. I want to talk about something important that, again, we can do. This is something we have to put off and something we have to put on. And I'm talking to believers as well as non-believers. The way the choices you make have everything to do with how you live your life. The choices you make every day and the decisions that you make and the ideas, the principles, the values that you have chosen is exactly why you live the way you live today. I preached years ago a message when I was a young pastor back in Arkansas. It was a message called... You are now what you have been becoming. And if you want to change it, that means you have to change you. And it's not your job to change your mate. <laughs> it's not your job to try to make them happy. You, you can't make The only person that can make you happy is you. The only person that can really change you is you. So every, here the subject was you. You do these things. You do these things. Do them on purpose. This is a discipline. And to be children of God in that position where we seek things above and we deny things below, this is what I, I want to I talk about. In the 2001 Olympics, Because of certain rules that would give smaller countries opportunity to participate. A certain swimmer was entered into the competition. He only trained a few weeks before the contest. So, without near the experience and not nearly enough time to prepare as the others had for years. When in the race, the other swimmers had finished, even got out of the pool. And the whole world watched on television as he was struggling. He lacked half of a length of the pool to finish. Officials literally considered sending someone in to rescue him. Later they would say, we... Probably better be ready. But he swam slowly, struggling, and he swam on and he swam on. The crowd waited, and finally, as millions watched, he finished. When he did, the crowd <laughs> went wild. It was such a moment of victory for that man and his nation, but especially for him, that many thousands of people so recall his triumph they have no idea who won first, second, third, gold, silver, or bronze. It just simply wiped that out because his finish was so dramatic. He started, he struggled, but he finished. Ladies and gentlemen, in Christ we start. Satan's going to see that sometimes we have struggle, but God says finish, and he'll give us the power to do so. I want all of us to be finishers. I do not want to let this last day blinding of Satan take the word of God out of you or change so many things according to our society and our culture, no matter what wokeism and all the other stuff that we have, critical race theory and all this political garbage that's being pushed down our throat. I want to tell you something. If it goes against this book, don't you swallow it. Don't you swallow it. How, how, how ridiculous is the mind of reasoning today? Well, Pastor, you just, you just got in trouble. So be it. I want all of us to finish. Being in trouble is nothing new to me. I stay in it all the time. So let me just give you the title of the message. I want you to listen to this. Leaving the past in the past... And living, genuinely living. I love the chapter, third chapter of Colossians. It gives us a, here's what I said I'd remember later. It gives us a structure for living. God this doesn't wash us and cleanse us, say, now oh, you're out there on your own, and here, you, no instruction. But here is structure. Here is principles. Here is principles, values. And I will tell you this, it's one thing and the greatest thing to come to God and give your life to the King. It is a great thing, the best thing to be born a second time in the Spirit, but it is quite another to live your faith out on a daily basis, to run or to swim, if you will, faithfully until you finish triumphantly. There is an enemy dedicated to ruin everything you try to do spiritually in your future. In fact, most of the Bible, can I tell you, most of the Bible is all about how to live as born-again believers. And it tells us about those that do not, but it's trying to get, especially New Testament, it gives us instruction about how to live. And Colossians 3 is a great passage to help us keep that structure. Where, listen, it says, if you're raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, and then put some things off and put some things on every day. It's a structure. You have to maintain that. And you're going to have to do that whether you feel like it or not. How many of you like to do dishes? Yeah, how many of you know you have to do that whether you feel like it or not? Oh, the ladies said so for sure. How many of you like taking out the trash? How many of you know that you have to do that whether you like it or not? Do you, do you, do you wish your body would bathe itself? <laughs> I don't know. I, I never even had that come through my mind before. But I know as a boy I wished it because I did not like baths. <laughs> I wanted to go swimming in the creek and the pond. <laughs> I just, it, everything positive about your life has to be done by a choice and done on purpose. Because if you just leave things to happenstance, yeah, everything goes downhill. I get frustrated at parents. Well, I'm just gonna let my child make all their own decisions. I'm not gonna push any religion down. them. Then don't change their diapers. Don't teach them to brush their teeth. Don't do one thing with them. Just let them do all their choices. He said, Well, that's ridiculous. Well, that's how ridiculous not being a parent is, too. Whoops, trouble again. This helps us with structure. Young people, believe it or not, eventually you will see and you will appreciate the older that you are if you had parents that loved you enough to put a structure in your life. Life must be structured. There has to be a balance. You can get it too far out of balance, but you must structure your life. It's necessary. It's disciplines. Colossians 3 is written to believers who live in this world, but who are to be dead to this world in the sense of its living, but not to the obligation of the Great Commission to witness. Verse 2, we must be alive to things above biblical principles, not feelings, not circumstance, not situations, not excuses, but we must be alive to things above, that is, spiritual disciplines here, and then be dead at the same time to the baser things of this world. Amen. Paul wrote to the Philippians, I could have used this in the text. Philippians, he said, this one thing I do. And then in a sense, parenthetically, he said, this one thing I do, but then in a sense, parenthetically, I forget those things that are behind me, leaving the past to the past. And I turn and I look forward and listen to what he said, I press your body will not bathe itself automatically. The trash won't take itself out. Your principles and your concept and your ideas and your life will not just suddenly happen. It's by based on what you decide is powerful, what you decide is valuable, what you decide your life's going to be like. And I'm going to be unkind, but I'm going to be straightforward. Let me tell you, you everything else in your life... <laughs> you, Stop blaming everything and everybody else for what's wrong with you. You're your own person. Can you imagine in the Garden of Eden when Adam had sinned, God didn't come down and say, you dirty rascal, I'm looking for you. I'm gonna pop you good. Aren't you glad there's a mercy of God? How many of you know that God knew where Adam and Eve were? How many of you know that he knew they had made a mistake? He came asking, where are you? You and I need to sit down and have a talk. Isaiah 1. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. They'll be red like crimson, be as white as wool. I'm coming after you. I love you enough. It doesn't matter what you've done. I'm going to cleanse you up. I'm going to clean you up. But it's amazing. He hid from God. He tried to hide from God. You can't hide from God. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God? But, ladies and gentlemen, we have to face facts with our lives. He said, I press. I have to make this happen. I, I, I wore a shirt today that I don't like just to please my wife. Actually, it's not bad, but it's just different, you know. <laughs> I had some. one lady said, that's a pretty shirt. And I said, my wife liked it. And she said, it's sweet of you to wear it for her. Okay. I just thought I'd have some fun. It's just, some, you just, you have to reach for things. Paul said, reach for things above. Reach for things that are high. Teenagers, young people, I want you to live a life of dignity with a high reach with a high, high reach. I'd like for the Lord Terry's, I'd like for one of our youth here to be the governor and the president. I'd like for you to be the uh, TV personalities, the journalists that are on television speaking the truth. I'd like for you to get in charge of media and have a God and a spirit where we can teach it across this nation instead of the jargon we have that's so political, it's almost, it's pathetically sad. Oh, Lord. I did. Paul said, I press toward the mark of a high calling, purity. Listen, holy things let me tell you about holy things. People, if you're online and you don't know the Lord, let me tell you what you don't see sometimes and you don't know about this Christian thing. Yes, we are under, under orders. Yes, we come and yes, we become second born and yes, our nature sees, but then we seek high and holy things. We seek pure things. We seek wholesome things. There's a new nature, things that add dignity to life that add dignity to life, that, that add value to living. I said in that funeral service the other day, Thursday, and my cousin and that minister said, we're here to glorify the Lord, and we're here to see a life that is not just well-lived, but absolutely the witness of God in every breath, every portion of that being. It means when we come to God, I dwell on thoughts of the soul and the spirit that the enemy cannot taint and he cannot destroy it. No wonder Paul said this is a high calling. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, the things of God, the things of God and the things of this book In the life that we're called to being washed and cleansed and made whole, where the old things are passed away and the new things are coming, that life that God intends is always not without struggle, but it's always an uplifting life, not a putting down life. It is always a value adding life, it is always a truth giving life. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a high calling, and thank God that it is high above the trappings of this sin-cursed world. He goes on, be dead to things, others in this life that travel with this world, be dead to things that are dead. Because I'm going to tell you, they think they're living, but they're dying spiritually. And live, be alive to the things. Can I say it in kindness that don't you don't even know that exists? They don't even know it exists. So that's my introduction. Here's the point. First of all, we all have a bad past. If you don't believe it, we just read it. Paul said so. Such were some of you, and all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, have we not? We all have a bad past. Paul said, we all used to live in these things. There's none righteous, no, not one, we know. I want to turn to First Peter and read something. Chapter 4, I'm going to be at verse 1. Therefore, Christ was an example in suffering. He says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Th- this means you have to, you have to, Discipline yourself, same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. This means you're in charge of you. And when you crucify your flesh, you cease from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past time in doing the will of the Gentiles, the way of the world. How many of you know we've all spent enough time there? When we walked in licentiousness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. I'll tell you what, when you don't go the world's way, they'll turn on you. I'm being honest with you, they'll turn on you. All of us have had a bad past. If you turn to 1 Corinthians 6, it lists things that are unrighteous, that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't care how religious you may seem, Paul said, some of these things were such some of you. We were slaves to sin in bondage. But I'm here to tell you this morning, thank God, the Holy Spirit convicted us. How many of you are glad He came? Then he kept speaking to us and kept speaking to us. And he kept wooing us and he kept drawing us. And the cross kept speaking to us. The cross kept saying, here you can have life. And we knew we needed help, ladies and gentlemen. We knew we were headed in the wrong direction. And thank God I finally came. And God gave me his mercy. And God gave me his forgiveness. And God gave me his grace. And today I'm a new creature in Christ. And I would not trade this world and all of its goods for one thought that I know I belong to the true God of eternity. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you still feel that way today since you've been saved? Is sin again perhaps reigning in your life? A question, are you today truly crucified with Christ? And the last day it's going to be important to know so. If so, if you are truly crucified with Christ and we are seeking and looking for His appearing, I will tell you this, we will no longer keep trying to resurrect the world and its ways in our life. Amen. Number two, some may not have an honorable present. So I want us to be very attentive here about this particular day. Paul said we have put off the old man and we have put on the new man. Something I believe the 21st century should really consider. We won't read it, but you should look at the words Proverbs 7. If you go read it, most of Proverbs 7, you'll find that a harlot seduces a young man. And what's so ironic about this this quick little story, that the wise man is trying to tell you what a downward design that is and what death it leads to. But here's what's ironic. This is a, a harlot seducing a young man But she's just been to worship. She's just come from sacrifice. She's just done her religious duty. And on her way back from worship, she seduces a young man to sin. Pastor, what are you talking about? Listen, I've read it. I looked at it. I know that she was worshiping at a pagan idol, doing pagan things to a pagan God. And I also know it's before the New Testament. But none of that changes the picture. Here's the picture. Some have an honorable and respectable present, and some do not. But I'm going to tell you something. Sin will not get past God. And just because somebody's religious and just because somebody's worshiping and just because they do some of the sacrifices and just because it all looks that way, let me tell you, their manner of living can be deceitful. Simply put, I put it to a straight, if you are engaging in things to keep this world system alive in you, I think you better check your original relationship with God because, ladies and gentlemen, I believe the genuine twice-born man, woman, or young person is going to know the conviction of the Spirit of God. No wonder the Scripture says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, Jeremiah 7.11, here's a question that I think we ought to read. It's it's amazing. Jeremiah 7.11, God asks, Has my church, that is called by my name, become a den of robbers, where robbers go to hide and then appear religious? Those are powerful words. Matthew 7, Jesus said at the final day, Many will come and say, Lord, Lord, in your name we have done all these things. I think it's quite interesting to to watch Christ's response. He did not deny that they had healed the sick. He did not deny they had cast out devils. He didn't even deny that by the power they were raised from the dead. Because God will honor his word even above his name. But what he said was, I never knew you. Depart from me. You're a worker. Of iniquity this world system and it's evil young people mom and dad religious phonies are nothing new they're all over this planet today and they come in religious forms and religious forms are in forms of art and of talents and all kinds of things that the genuine Christian should have nothing to do with teenager don't you dare I don't care who it is, don't you dare play with a Ouija board. Don't have anything to do with those kind of things. Amen. I don't think you ought to wear some of that jewelry. I'm going to tell you. I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you think, Pastor, are you 200 years old? No. And I have a lot of fun. Let me tell you something. I'm enjoying life, but I want to tell you, don't associate with those things. The Scripture says that the Christian... Not to come out of the world not witness, but don't be a partaker of what they do. Religious phonies abound. We all have a bad past. Second, some of us have not even got honorable present, but here's the good news. Every one of us can have a glorious future. It depends on three things. Verse 13, accept the forgiveness of Christ. Number two, verse 10, we read, take on the image of Christ. Thirdly, verses 1 and 2, be alive unto God. Make choices every day that are disciplined spiritual things. Every day I'm tempted. Every day I'm, I'm approached. How many of you get these, uh, I don't know what you call them, but I get them all the time on my telephone. Your bill's been paid for the month. Don't you dare open that. Boy, one thing, Morris and all these texts around here, don't you dare open that. How many of you get stuff like that? How many you know what spam, spam calls? I thought that was a canned meat till it got on the internet. <laughs> spam calls. Spam calls. Don't, how many of you know that's dangerous? Don't open that. Don't do that. Can I tell you there are hundreds of things like that. Teenagers, mom and dad, don't do that. Sin never has turned out right. It never will turn out right. It never will. And while I've been in trouble all morning, I didn't intend to be. I I just, I'm seeing so many. I'm seeing a lot of Christians who are failing. Ladies and gentlemen, God does not want to lose a one of us. You've got to watch your choices. You've got to have a structure. You have to have a discipline. And you have to make up your mind that you're going to live holy and live righteously. Can I say it like this? Here's how to leaving your past in the past. That means get in charge of yourself. You decide what thoughts you're going to dwell on. Listen to me. You decide what thoughts you're going to dwell on, not the enemy. You decide what you're going to put in your heart and your soul and your spirit, not the enemy. You decide what you're going to allow, not the enemy. Accept the forgiveness, take on his image, be like the master. Ladies and gentlemen, regardless of our age, I want to share something with you. Doesn't matter whether we're when I met the age there. I didn't. Talk, I'm not talking about the age, in the sense of the world. I'm talking about our time here. Regardless of our age, I want to tell you something. Heaven's not very far away. Heaven is just one heartbeat, one breath away. I don't know if you've ever been in a room where you've seen someone take their last breath, but I have numerous times. They were there with us, and one breath later, they're gone. In heaven, if saved. How many of you know that Paul, by the Spirit, said to be absent in the bodies, to be immediately present with the Lord? But only if you're redeemed. They're here with us, a breath, and gone. I remember it very well. I said. And watch my dad take his last breath. Nothing changes your world like that. My my domestic hero, but also my spiritual hero. It just happened like that, but to be honest with you, it took years to get there. How many understand what I'm saying? It may take years to get there, but the journey from living and being immediately in eternity is a very short journey i was coming home uh, thursday night late from that service in south oklahoma i i like the i like the turnpikes that let you go 80 mile an hour i like to fly there with the angels i just kind of like True story, I had a highway patrol stop me one time when I was young and ignorant. He just said, come over here and have a seat in my car and I'll never forget. He said, true story, he said, let me have your license. He looked at it he said, Mr. Brooks, he said, is there a tag on the back of that red car? And I said, yes, sir. I just thought he thought maybe I was running without a tag. And he said, I just wonder if it was an airplane. (laughs) And maybe no, that's a spanking. I just, I came, I came up the road, it doesn't matter, I came, I don't know what it's called, down by H.E. Bailey, and you get that Highway 9 off 35 and head west, And about four or five miles from there, you can go 80 mile an hour. And I got up to 80. Ish. <laughs> I got hit broadside by about a 50, 60 mile an hour wind. And I, I changed lanes without intending to. Thank God I was by myself. And I got thinking. Just like that, we can be out of here. I came on up to that little town. I don't know the town there. You come, no, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's Tuttle. There's a four way stop there. Anyway, I, I'm in the, there's two lanes and not the right lane, but the, I pulled up. There's a four-way stop, and the, the lights had gone out, so they put the signs out there, and I stopped. Here came a guy doing about 40 past me, just ran right through that light, and a guy had just turned left in front of me, and he didn't see him until he... That close. That close. That close. I went. That's twice. I'm gonna slow down. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to understand we don't have any guarantees we could be out of here in a second that's why I want to say some things sometimes that people may not like but some things need to be said sometimes the journey what if you were required to have the journey today I'm closing generation 2022. The structure of Colossians 3 teaches us the dignity, the high calling, the glory of living a genuine Christian life and the wonderful eternal future in heaven when it comes one breath away. If you're not forgiven, if you're not alive to God, Today's the time to make a change, in the sanctuary or online. I want, to know, I want you to know that you have a secure future. But if you're in Christ, alive unto God and to His will, ladies and gentlemen, we have a fantastic future. Not only in the future, but in the present. Leaving the past in the past, leaving the past in the past and living, but genuinely living. The scripture teaches us now to prepare now. Paul said, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded, convinced, that God is able to keep what I commit to Him. and may trust in the keeping power of God, it comes by leaning in faith on him. It comes by discipline. Satan, you will not direct my thoughts. I will. Satan, I will cast down imaginations. And I will bring under subjection in my own spirit. I will look at things above, not things below. Doing this one thing, I will not let Satan control my past. I will leave it in the past. And I will look forward to a high calling that will bring me dignity of life. It will bring me into the fellowship and the family of God. And when I make that breath and that quick journey, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. 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 Father, help us. Lord, Your Word is so powerful, it's so strong. Thank You, thank You, Lord, for giving it to us. Thank You, Lord, for years ago putting a love in me for Your Word. But I not only love it, Lord, I I very often rededicate myself to You and to this Word. And it's obedience. I love this lost world. But Father, I I will put effort in the commission to win them and help them. And Lord, we will do all we can. But I desire they become children of God. Not, Father, that I travel the likes of this world. Father, give us a sense of dedication today. I ask You to give us a fresh measure of genuine Holy Spirit discernment. God, will You let the Spirit of God direct our thinking so that we see I guess I'll just put it things as they really are and their intent and from whence they come Lord and from what they will bring God give us that kind of discernment and wisdom Father I believe you're moving across this age I am so encouraged young people Lord I I, I, don't, I don't think like the younger, younger generation. They don't think like me. But Lord, I see, I see in them an absolute spirit that is strong. And Lord, they will make a dedication and follow you, God. Lord, may those youth lead us God, I just ordained them Father to be covered and protected I see them Lord and they want to lead their generation help us to help them I pray in Jesus name Father if we're here in this sanctuary do not know you Father may we pray that prayer of salvation recognizing Lord that Christ is the Son of God And those, Lord, that are on the internet this morning that do not know you. Lord, let them give vent to the Spirit of God. Let them recognize Christ and confess Him as your Son. Confess Him who sacrificed His life for their sins. Father, thereby, ask for forgiveness. Create in us, Lord, a clean heart. Renew in us a right spirit. call us the redeemed Lord declare our salvation in the heavenlies Lord take that weight of sin off of this world and Lord may they respond may they be thankful Lord and grateful they've been born a second time I thank you for it you're a good God thank you for letting me live a life that is genuine and someday be filled with glory. What a privilege it's been, Father. Thank you.